What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Textual Talk Podcast. I'm your host, HD. We'll be talking about cybersecurity, all things tech, uh, salary talks, you name it. We talk about everything that's in this industry that everybody wants to get into. Uh, a little bit about me. I do have two years in IT for the last six years in cybersecurity. And I bring in a lot of different guests uh, on my platform. Uh, today will be episode 41. Finally got a right job. And we have... Uh, Mr. JB John Breath, aka Cyber Insight from YouTube. He's an entrepreneur. He's a veteran. Um, he has a wealth of experience and knowledge, and we're getting ready to soak this in like a sponge today, guys. So uh, appreciate everybody for rocking with me. If you're watching this on YouTube, or you're probably not watching on YouTube, who knows? Make sure you share it out, give it a like for the YouTube algorithm. For the people on Patreon, I appreciate y'all for supporting me and helping this content keep on getting better and better. But without further ado, let's bring in our guests. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, man. What's good? Oh, man. Nothing much. Just another Monday. <laughs> you know how it is on Mondays. <laughs> um, mostly if it's boring, it's good. So uh, it, went, it wasn't too bad. It's kind of dragged just a little bit uh, today. Tomorrow will be yeah. a little bit better, man. But um, guys, this is Mr. John. I want to say, make sure I'm saying this right. Breath. Yep. John Breath, uh, a.k.a. Cyber Insight. And... Um, I don't know how many companies he runs, but he currently does is a <laughs> consultant with his own company and probably other things he probably helps with as long as with uh, an author and a veteran and, you know, a lot of things. And he also likes to play ball. <laughs> but uh, I, do. I do. Without me uh, going on a whole spiel, we'll actually let him just give a brief introduction of himself. Sure. Hey, so uh, my name's John Breath. I go by JB. Uh, originally started off in the Air Force a long time ago, uh, doing long haul telecom, got to mess around, do some cool stuff, uh, supporting Air Force One, which kind of got me down like the, the network engineering path. When I got out of the Air Force, ended up going and working for uh, a well-known consulting company, kind of uh, cut my chops doing network engineering and kind of developed my career that way. Eventually, I ended up transitioning over to work for a, a tier one ISP and uh Kind of aligned a little bit more with the cybersecurity engineering, but still doing the network engineering. Built that into doing just overall network and cybersecurity architecture. And after, I don't know, being a W-2 for, I don't know, 14 years, 13 years, I kind of decided I wanted to spin off and start my own company. And uh, I've been doing that maybe maybe four years or so. So pretty much my, my primary day job is... Uh, as a network slash cybersecurity architect. Uh, and then in my downtime, I like to create a lot of content, uh, especially for new folks getting into IT and cybersecurity, try to make the stuff somewhat interesting and relatable. And uh, yeah, just try to help as many folks uh, get into IT and cybersecurity just because it's such a, a game changer as far as uh, you know helping people change their life. I mean, really the, the opportunities that are available I don't know if there's any other career fields out there where uh, you can have such a dramatic change in your lifestyle and helping your family and stuff like that. So I just try to be as helpful with that as I can to as many folks as I can. Yeah, man, I definitely agree with you on there. Uh, don't mind me. I'm actually just trying to open up some crap in the background if it doesn't want to open up. No, you're good. You're good. Um, let's see. But um, let's talk about a little bit about that uh, 
All right, there we go. Boom. Let's talk about a little bit about that future. I mean, not future. I'm sorry. <laughs> that first ISP role. Let's talk about that. Sure. So um, that was helping develop a cybersecurity uh, program within uh, that particular ISP for uh, a certain client. I can't really go too much in yeah, depth. Yeah, just keep it high level as you can. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, pretty much they were developing or needed to develop some uh, cybersecurity services that would be offered to um, a large collection of different clients. And so in that role, uh, it started off kind of doing network engineering and developing what that solution would be. But as you kind of develop out a service architecture, you start to realize that it's not just you need a couple servers and a few switches and a firewall or something like that. If you're going to end up building out something that's going to have to meet certain types of regulations and controls, you're really developing a whole IT organization along with the vulnerability management, the policies and procedures, um, some blue team SOC type of protections and monitoring for your security service. Uh, and then also developing, you know, the other types of customer facing things, dealing with uh, onboarding and, you know, just your normal day to day operations and making sure that everything uh, meets the SLA requirements of having really uh, a, a tier one type of service for uh, a large collection of customers. So for me, it really was my transition point from yeah, I have a CCMP, uh, I have a, a CISP, I kind of know these things, but really taking that and being able to start developing solutions um, at a scale much larger than kind of just an individual organization. Nice. Um, and I actually was going to ask you, like, so that was the first thing you did from the from the uh, Air Force? Like, you just pivoted into that? No, no. So the first thing I did from the Air Force, I was working for um, a consulting company, and that was supporting another government client. And pretty much I, I worked in their IT organization. I started off as a junior network engineer and then ended up working my way up to being the deputy lead of a network engineering team of, I don't know, I think we had maybe like eight or nine people. Okay. And so that was kind of like that role within that organization. Of course, even if you're doing the network engineering, there's all, always some type of cross-pollination of, of skills and stuff like that. So it definitely was working a lot with like the SAN folks and the system folks. And then obviously everything that you're doing there, there is some type of InfoSec responsibility along with that. So working with the InfoSec team to make sure that, you know, designs were meeting whatever the security controls were. And then, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever done any DOD stuff, but, you know, they have a lot of uh, different types of compliance requirements as far as uh, STIGs, their, their security baseline configuration. So making sure all of that stuff uh, was meeting whatever those requirements were and the reporting that had to happen with those. Nice. Yeah. No, I've, I've always heard people say about stuff like Stigs. I was like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't I've never had to deal with that. Like, uh, <laughs> shout out. I think Professor Blackhouse has uh, talked about Stigs before. Oh, yeah. And then you just yeah, brought it he, up. He, he will talk about Stigs any chance he gets. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, have you ever messed with like the CIS bench lines? No, I didn't mess with none of that stuff. Oh, okay. So those are kind of like some other things, kind of along the same lines as far as kind of just best practices for how you go about configuring different types of devices, whether or not, you know, it's Cisco switches or windows servers or VMs, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Nice, man. Nice. But from, from that perspective, those CIS uh, baselines aren't necessarily 
correlated back to the Department of Defense. It's pretty much, you know, uh, more industry standard. I think it's based off of NIST type of stuff. Okay. Um, would you say that, because uh, I noticed this a lot, like with people I used to, my first job, like I always tell people to help desk with TSA, but I worked with a lot of people who were like uh, retired Air Force or some in some type of faction, some type of uh, military sure. uh would you say that, yeah. that probably played like a huge part in the beginning of your career for us, like just that networking piece of the military and kind of already being familiar with like DOD stuff and, and stuff like that of that nature? I mean, most definitely. I mean, I, th- I think that there's a, a lot of um, different avenues that that helped out with. First off, it's probably one of the only ways to be able to get a job in IT with literally no experience, right? So you join the military and they're like, okay, this is a job that you're going to have. And as long as you do well enough on uh, what they call the ASVAB, which is kind of like a really basic SAT kind of, right? Like it's kind of looking at different types of, of knowledge, um, you know, from math and, and writing, English, comprehension, things like that. And if you score well enough on that, then you can kind of uh, pick or try to pick uh, certain types of careers that you could go into. So if you do well enough, you can pick an IT career and they're going to give you training uh, to at least get you pointed in the right direction. And then once you get out of uh, those training classes, which could last six months to a year, you're going to end up moving to your first duty station where you're going to get on the job training. So as far as having the ability to get hands-on training uh, and then be put into a work environment where there's other people that definitely have a lot more skills than you do and you're kind of being forced to learn all these different things. Uh, that definitely went pretty far uh, as far as kind of establishing a baseline for me. I'd also say the different benefits that it had as far as allowing me to go to school. So I did my undergrad when I was in the Air Force. It took me about two and a half years because I was taking classes almost full time while I was working full time. Um, and then the GI Bill that came along with that allowed me to go to grad school uh, as soon as I got out. So there was that, there was the Air Force training, there was also vendor training that they sponsored. So uh, we had folks come in to do like Cisco classes and stuff like that. Um, So there was just a a lot of different kind of like building blocks that were definitely essential for me being able to get in the right position for once I transitioned out of the Air Force, being like, hey, I already have a degree. I already have multiple certs. I had my Network Plus, Security Plus, CCNA, and had taken my first CCMP test um, by the time I, I got out after four years. Uh, coupled with the four years of active duty experience, it was like I was already hitting the ground running as far as getting out into the, the real world and getting a, a tech job out there. Right. I kind of want to laugh at you saying... Uh hit the ground running <laughs> because you know you always yeah. see that term like on job descriptions like you know you want somebody who can hit the ground running and you're like okay i mean i guess <laughs> uh and you know sometimes that's like with like uh, uh entry level role or something like that i know um i've seen sure. like a lot of different type of job descriptions and i kind of put red flags on things i don't think makes sense to me anymore it's like oh no you want a, a team mean, for one hit, person hitting the ground yeah, hitting the ground running uh, on entry level role definitely would be a red flag. You you definitely would not want that. But being prepared to actually work in like a professional environment with like the background of of having you know the support mission critical things in the military, um, I think definitely 
kind of puts you in uh, a different a different mindset as far as kind of responsibility and uh, I, I don't know. There's just I think I don't know that there's other places where you're going to have to like be familiar with having a lot of weight already put on you as far as responsibility goes while being kind of a younger junior person. Right. Um, so having that in the military, it makes it a, a little bit easier as far as understanding, you know, the simple things that some people, you know, just might not have had experience with as far as like, yeah, you need to be on time for things. You need to be there, you know, not only on time, you got to be there early, right? right. Um, Documentation is a huge thing that you need to make sure you need to be able to articulate and communicate right. uh, in a, a way that is, you know, able to be received by your audience, things like that, um, that, you know, if you just go to college, you don't necessarily, you know, run into having that experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. And um, for those that are watching right now, John just listed like probably some of like the most, if not the uh, most important soft skills that you can have while you're working. Mm. and especially with uh i think uh, uh, one of the, the i think the second role or whatever where you had to probably inter- interface with like more different business mm-hmm. units or when you're trying to stand up uh yep. operations stuff like that you know i'm pretty sure that came in handy just because of most you know you got you try to get stuff done but if you don't talk to people the right way then they might say i'm not gonna do it or whatever or so as small as you know being nice may seem it's big when you're working, you know, you may be mean to the wrong person who's in charge of signing off. To, hey, do you get that bonus yep. next quarter or next year? Yeah. I mean, I, so everybody has different things that like motivate them or make them uh, and motivate could be in a positive way or like in a negative way. So trying to be, uh, I don't know, kind, empathetic, having a little bit of grace but being proactive and uh, showing respect and being like on top of your stuff makes working with other people like a lot easier. So if you kind of approach things from that perspective, even if you don't necessarily have like the top level of skills or anything like that, if you come in with that type of attitude, more people are going to want to work with you than, than not. And pretty much as long as you can get people all kind of like pulling in the same direction, uh, and so everybody's on the same page and people are just going to be much more willing to either put up with stuff or help you overcome things, or, you know, you might not necessarily know the answer, or have the resource to do something, but somebody else in that organization might. And if you just have a, you know, a positive, um, relationship with them, or you, uh, just have a positive reputation, then people are going to be a lot more willing to, you know, help you out with that. Then they're like, oh man, that, that dude's an asshole. Like he doesn't, he's just mean, he's lazy. He doesn't, doesn't follow through on the things that he says he's going to do. He always tries to take shortcuts and then everybody else has to clean up after him, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. That just makes, makes stuff really, really difficult. And then also in tech, like it's, it is a small community. So if people, if you get a bad reputation, it's not very hard to find out from other people like, yeah, you know, that guy wasn't that great when he was here. He didn't really, you know, chip in as much as everybody else or he, 
you know, it was just kind of uh, overly selfish right. in some ways that, you know, wasn't as helpful as as he could be compared to everybody else, you know, that's trying to get stuff done. So, man, just try to be mindful of that. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's happy all the time. Like we all go through stuff. But uh, I think even if it's not like internally focused, as long as you can be somewhat empathetic, have some empathy towards other people and have a little bit of grace for the stuff that they're going through. Um, I think that that normally, you know, is a good way to foster relationships uh, in an organization. Most definitely. And not only that is we had access to Twitter. We have access to uh, LinkedIn. Now you never know who is who just looking at stuff you comment looking at who you work with and they can go back in you are for a job and say okay let's go ask the people he worked with about him or his manager you know right (laughs) it's very easy uh i don't and you know we're gonna get into uh social media a little bit because you know we see a lot of crazy things on there for sure we may even you know (laughs) segue that into like funny stuff we might have seen like on youtube but you know I, I just think, you know, it would behoove like all the people who are just starting out to listen to those of us, you know, and I'm only pretty much like close to 10 in and I'm not, you know, yeah. I know people that's 20, 30, 40 years. So even time they have something to tell me, you know, I listen to it because yeah, longevity is hard. <laughs> I mean, you just sure. do it, you know, day by day, month by month, you know, but I mean, you got to know how to survive in this thing and uh in the industry where standards change, technology change, something that was in demand today may not be in demand tomorrow. So you need to be open-minded and listen and not burn any bridges because even though, you know, I've, I've gotten roles before that I didn't have to interview hard with just because uh, somebody used to work at a company with Mm -hmm. my other manager and my other manager talked good about me. So that's like, well, I was cool with her. I, I already know who this person is because you know we heard about him at the last company. Just bring him on, right? And the longer you start yeah, working, networking. Is, I'll say, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say networking is a huge part of success and longevity in your career. Um, nobody's gonna be able to be successful without other people helping them in some ways. I mean, you you have to put in the work yourself, but when you do that and you do it in a positive way, then normally you know other people want to work with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Nobody wants to work with people who like aren't good at what they do or don't uh, don't have certain levels of skills, which means that everybody else kind of has to like pull all the weight all the time. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I don't know with that. And then coupled with you kind of said something which is uh, a good point, too, is like listening to folks who've been around longer. That doesn't necessarily mean like whatever they're telling you is 100 percent correct and applicable to you, Mm -hmm. but there definitely is slices of of wisdom in there so you at least want to i don't know from my perspective you probably would want to listen a little bit more to somebody like that than folks who are just like brand new like hey i got my first job in cyber (laughs) and then you know they're they're the SME on how to you know uh get into the industry and have a long successful career and it's like you've been here for like two years i mean that's it's great that you're here and, you know, you wish folks as much success what? and you hope that they have a long career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's only, you only know what you know, and it's better when you know what you don't know, because <laughs> then at least you can kind of navigate things a little bit better. But if you don't know what you don't know, 
then you're just gonna i don't know sound foolish and uh, uh-huh. probably be giving off a lot of bad advice and information yeah or or you know you know come off as a gatekeeper you know because you want people to, sure, to, to, exactly. to actually do the work but you're you're gatekeeping because you tell them to do the work first <laughs> trust me we're going to get into that we're definitely going to get into that um so um one thing i wanted to ask you i, was, I have been thinking about the whole time is like i think you're one of the few guests i've had that did networking and cyber and i know it's a lot of core sure. you know correlation in that venn diagram that um sure honestly when i when i really think about it besides probably you know networking probably dealing with a little bit more numbers yeah what's in your mind since you did both what's the biggest difference um between the two functions um hmm, that's actually a really good question um i mean so when people are wanting to get into cyber I always, and this is probably like a bias on my part. I always tell them that they need strong networking fundamentals. Um, just because if you don't have a good grasp of how that works, like I'm not saying you need to like know how to configure BGP, but if you don't really understand layer two and layer three communication and uh, ports and protocols and, and how data communication happens and data flows, um, depending upon the role that you have in cybersecurity, your learning curve is going to be really, really steep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can definitely still get in and be successful, but you're going to be going back and, and there's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of question marks that you're trying to figure things out. So I I always try to steer people be like, yeah, you want to make sure that you understand, you know, these, these kind of basic fundamentals of that before getting into it. Um, I would say there's also a lot of other overlap, um, not intentionally, but as a network engineer, a lot of times people blame the network for everything. <laughs> and so in order to prove that the network is not actually the problem, you normally have to learn quite a bit about systems and applications and things like that, just to be able to do troubleshooting, to be like, look, <laughs> like the traffic is going back and forth. I even went in and had to dig into like the logs on the server to show like, yeah, you actually have all this other stuff going on and you might want to look at that. Uh, So in kind of getting uh, a little bit more experience in looking at applications and servers, um, I think that that kind of overlays a bit with cybersecurity because as a cybersecurity person, it's not like you're just protecting the network portion of things. That's a part of it, but you're also having to look at AppSec. You're also having to look at systems, operating systems, servers, um, things like that. So I, I think that there's definitely some some areas where the knowledge uh, overlaps. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think it kind of marries itself well. But then obviously you have your specialties in both right. careers that are you know completely divergent from kind of that center area of, of the Venn diagram, right? So like somebody who's doing red teaming uh, and specifically dealing with like maybe web app pen testing, uh, they have some knowledge of networking and stuff like that, but really they're much more focused on backend stuff and database stuff uh, and vice versa. If you have somebody who's like, maybe they're a 
specialize in like uh, data center or SAN network infrastructure. Like, What's going on, everyone? You're listening to Let's Talk Tech, and it's being brought to you by Anchor. If you hadn't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They have a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you on sites like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yes, they know some things about systems and, and things like that, but they aren't necessarily, you know, really getting too far outside of their area of expertise of, of that particular type of networking. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. I thought you were going to say one does subnet and the other one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think everybody should know how to do subnetting, but that's, you know, that's just me. I should have told you to put uh, a graphic out that you made. <laughs> oh, man, I got a lot of those. <laughs> Got a lot of infographics for the subnetting. Yeah, that just makes things quicker. I mean, obviously, there's calculators and all that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, it just yeah. depends. But it's good It's good knowledge to have. And the funny thing is, I've told people this plenty of times that I felt that Network Plus was harder than Security Plus. Sure. I mean, especially depending upon, like, at, at what point, which one you took first. Um, I took Security Plus I first, but that, then went back was going through the Network Plus. So I was like, "Yeah, it's like I was, honestly, this is harder to me than Security I, is." I think the Security Plus, there's kind of a lot of information that if you're in IT and you use IT systems, it's stuff that you might have seen or are familiar with, right? Um, where the Network Plus just has stuff that, like, if you've never done networking, um, like. Who cares about where the demarcation point is for circuits coming into a building? Like nobody, nobody knows that. Nobody knows, you know, like um, the different cabling standards for for copper cables and stuff like that, unless you've actually had to build them, right, and, and make them. So, yeah, there's definitely things that would be kind of uh, foreign to to folks who, if they haven't had to do that, um, you know, it, it's just something completely brand new, and it, it would make it you know, more information that you need to learn when you're going through that process. So speaking of that question, this got me to remind me of like stuff that Diara says on Twitter. Yeah, I got time, cuz. What do you think about Network Plus and CCNA? God, I can't remember, but I think she said like, you know, it is beneficial with somebody but if they would have a Network Plus and then do CCNA. I think she said that. I don't want to misquote sure. her. And I think people no, started- I bet, I bet did. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they said like, oh, what are you paid by CompTIA? Are you so like every time she brings that up, I, I do like a hashtag CompTIA cabal. <laughs> like it's just a group of us that are like, you know, trying to push people towards the net plus. Um, no, I think there's, there's definite benefit in there. So like way back in the day when I like uh, was taking mine. So like 2005, 2006, uh, the, CC, the CCNA actually was broken up into two different tests. They kind of had like uh, a networking intro book, and then they had an interconnecting Cisco network devices book. And you could either take the CCNA as one overall test, or you could do the intro test, and then you could do the second test. And that intro test pretty much was all of the stuff that you would find in the Network Plus. So 
I think that depending upon like what a person wants to do and what, what their, their goals are, um, you know, the network plus definitely is, is a great place to, to start off. Um, also depending upon what career field you're in. So if you are, uh, in the DOD or something like that, you have the 8570 requirements for different types of certifications to even be able to get on a contract. Um, you know, net plus or security plus actually will be, uh, one of those certs that will let you get one of those lower, uh, lower level jobs or entry level jobs, uh, where like the CCNA is just a harder exam. It just is like, you're going to have to learn stuff about different types of routing protocols and how to configure them, um, and access control lists and different things that if you're not actually going to be configuring Cisco devices, it really probably isn't applicable to the, the type of knowledge that you want to be focusing on. I should, well, I should caveat that with, uh, as long as you aren't going to be configuring network devices, because there is, you know, there is carryover between that and other vendors, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing. I wouldn't call the CCNA like an entry level network cert because it's not, it's, it's actually a pretty challenging cert. It's also something, um, where if you get it, you should be able to get a job and it should pay, you know, relatively well compared to the net plus. I don't know that folks are besides like kind of that DOD right. situation. I don't think people are just like hiring people because they have a net plus. Right. Um, but that also leads into like another like topic as far as do you really need to get the cert or not? Um, and a lot of times the language that I like to use with it is you should be, making sure that you understand and get the knowledge for the learning objectives from that cert. Whether or not you take the exam or not, if it's beneficial to you and it's beneficial to your career and it is gonna help you get past like, you know, some HR screening and stuff like that, then do it. If it's something that's not, you should probably still try and get the, the knowledge that is covered by it, so. Yeah, man, um, I definitely agree with that because uh, I tell many people like in my ebook, I was saying like, you don't have to take Network Plus, but at least if you know the information in there, combined with a sec plus and like an entry level cloud so you should be sure. good enough for some entry level role um yeah. and then i also reminds you like how many clients i've had or talk to people that either are trying to break into cybersecurity, and it's like oh i'm studying for my ccna now which i always say cool but in my mind i'm always like okay what do you actually plan on doing with the ccna or are you trying to get it just exactly. because you think it's going to get you hired which in cases can, right. but I know it takes a lot of time to study it. Like I'm just not a fan for getting certs to sit on, just say I have them. I want to use the knowledge right. I learned and get it. It's one of the reasons yep. why I tell people don't get anything past SEC plus. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, if you want to go blue team route or whatever, cool. Get CYSA plus right. like once you get a job, because yep. it's going to make what you do at work even better opposed to just getting it sure and nobody's really caring when you're interviewing and not asking you about it and yeah we definitely can touch on those things but i'm glad you gave us yeah. um that whole spiel about networking and the ccna and so now what i'll get into is a little bit about like currently you know what you do now think you said like after four years you decided or you've been doing this uh latest venture for four years um mm -hmm. Yep. What spawned that? And then we'll also get kind of like, you know, the gist of what do you do? Like, are you like the overseer or do you have employees or, you know, pretty much everything? Right. Um, right. Just tell us as much yeah. as you can. So uh, the original impetus 
for like wanting to start my own company. So I had, um, when I was working for the consulting company I was working for, uh, we always had to do a lot of extra like business development stuff in addition to like uh, the, the 40 hours of, of work that we were doing for our client. And uh, yeah, we worked on a proposal for almost a year. And it was, I remember how, I mean, it was a lot. It was like a $700 million proposal. And I'm like, man, I'm busting my butt on this, trying to help out with this. And I'm going to get absolutely nothing for this. Like, I don't get paid for the extra okay. hours. Um, All right. This is going to be great, great for the overall company, right? Like, yeah, they, they're going to get this contract. Other people are going to get bonuses off of this. You know, it's all great for the people that are really, really high up. And I just kind of had this epiphany, like, I have no problem working hard and working long hours, but I'm like, I'm never going to do that ever again for someone other than myself. Like, if it's not, if it's not for me, uh, having my own company and putting in hours like that, I have no interest in doing that over a continued period of time. Um, but that doesn't mean like as a W2 working for a company, you don't have times where you have to do a lot of work, like depending upon, you know, what's going on in the projects that you have. Yeah. There's times where you're going to have to work. 50 or 60 hours in a week just because there's a deadline. But there's a difference between that being kind of like a, a finite thing and it's it's understood versus just constantly being asked to do extra stuff and not being compensated. For. Right. So that planted the seed in my mind. Um, I didn't start my company at that point. I actually left that company and ended up going uh, to the, the tier one ISP, started doing like the cybersecurity engineering and, and stuff like that. And that was great. Uh, love that. That was a pretty, uh, great experience from seeing a program start off with like five people and it grew to almost a hundred. Um, so that was great. And in that role, I kind of developed and, and transitioned from a senior engineer into an architect. And, uh, along with that, after doing that for maybe like five years or so, or actually a little bit before five years, I kind of mentioned to them like, Hey, I'm kind of thinking of starting my own company. Um, and they were like, okay, that's cool and all that, but you, you know, you're gonna have to go through HR and make sure there's no like conflicts of interest and stuff like that. Um, which is kind of like a really good side conversation as far as people and starting companies or working multiple contracts <laughs> or having multiple W2s and conflicts of interest and, uh, my only word of advice on that is make sure that you are not putting yourself in a situation where you're going to get in trouble by working multiple jobs when you've signed a contract saying that you won't do that because you have the possibility of them coming after you in some ways or being fired and stuff like that. And I don't know. A lot of people put stuff out on the timeline about <laughs> that type of stuff. And right. I'm always like, ooh, as, as a W-2, that can get really dicey. As a business owner, it's a lot easier to get contracts and get away with being able to have multiple contracts that you're working on. But as a W-2, a lot of these companies have non-compete clauses in the stuff that people are signing. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much of that is people actually do run that through their HR and it's cool or... People just don't care, just don't care. but then they're given, yeah, they're given bad advice out to people. Cause you know, it's easy when you're already kind of established and you have stuff hey! 
lined up. But then if somebody listens to your advice and, uh, you know, maybe they're just getting in to tech and they aren't established and they don't have the experience to be able to fall back on something if they get released from their job because they hop into tech and they're like, hey, I should be able to juggle three jobs at once. I'm going to I'm going to make 300 K like that. (laughs) You know, you're just like. Like, be careful, yeah. be careful out there. Cause I, you know, that's the thing is I don't want to see folks listen to some stuff and not really understand, you know, the process that they should be going through just to make sure everything's cool. Um, and hopefully it is cool. And then you can make, you know, some, some really good money right. from that. But uh, sorry, that was a, that was a, no, little, you, you know, you're good. Cause I mean, I'll just stand up before too. Yeah. Is it cause it's kind of, and then, and then if I go from the, the employee, uh, perspective of it they was like well y'all pick up all these multiple contracts and we don't get money from it so why can't i pick up an extra job right so i can see both sides right. yeah. you know and i, oh, and I sure. definitely agree with it it's like hey inflation i'm trying to do all this and that before yep. whatever happens sure. i got a skill set that's not easily found why not yep. it's not interrupting but what i'm doing for you guys i'm not telling any company yep. secrets or nothing you know right yep. so i don't i don't i know yep. why they do that but at the same time you know it's one of two things, okay? If you don't want me to, then yep. pay me what the second job will pay me, and I won't work nowhere. We'll right. just do that, and <laughs> not too many are going to do that. Yep. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You just got you just got to be smart about it, and and be wise, and make sure that you know what the rules are. And if you are going to break the rules, this is not legal advice. <laughs> by the way. If you are going to break the rules, I won't tell people on Twitter. Like, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but so kind of going back to, uh, that point as far as like, yeah, I asked, Hey, I want to start my own company. They're like, cool, but you can only do like this tiny portion of work that doesn't can, there's no conflict of interest between our large fortune 500 company and your single member LLC. And I'm like, that's cool. I can, I can cut my teeth and kind of like learn some business processes and get stuff spun up. Um, and then eventually I ended up deciding to go full-time and, you know, got some, some full-time contracts. And what I do is, uh, pretty much I'm a cybersecurity architect, just designing systems, leading engineering teams, uh, both from like a design and build out perspective. And then like, I guess you would call it like tier four support in the event of stuff really, really breaking and, and needing help, uh, for systems after I designed them and built them out. If something, you know, really hits the fan, then, you know, I'll come back in and, and help with whatever those issues are. Nice. Um, and so this is, a uh, this is probably for everybody who wants to know about that. Like how, how does somebody go about that transition? Like how do they get bid on contracts and stuff? I know, I remember you gave us some info on Twitter about like, like when it comes to like taxes and how to set this up and that, do they just yeah, yeah. set the company up and they go? It's like a certain site. You say, hey, I I know how to do this, and you just bid on a contract for your price or like how does that go? Yeah, I mean, so there's a few different ways that you can go about doing that. I would say as somebody starting off, um, with a small company, meaning just yourself, uh, networking is going to be the best way for you to end up finding a contract somewhere. Um, so if you've had a, a decent career, you have good relationships with people, um, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. Like if people like you and they know that you do good work, then the, there's a greater chance of once you be like, hey, I'm starting my own company, people know what it is that you're good at. And uh, if they want to work with you again, then they're going to be willing to consider uh, 
giving your company a contract to, to do stuff. Okay. So uh, I would say that like, that's probably the, the best or easiest way to go about it. Um, because that's a little bit more known, you can definitely go and try and, and bid on contracts. Um, that's a little bit going to be a little bit dicier just because you have to kind of learn how that whole right. process is. I get, so, and I think that's what um, a little bit I was, I was hitting at like both parts, like, um, for example, like if you, like the company that you're just doing like the small bit of work for at first, like part-time, like, was it actually yeah. cheaper for them to hire you like that instead of you being like an employee of theirs? I mean, so it, it really depends, but normally in, in a lot of cases it, it can be right. So, uh, if it's something, so for instance, like what I was doing was just like vulnerability assessments, right? Well, obviously at that, at that point, it's easier to have somebody come in and do some NESA scans and put together some reports. Um, notice that I didn't say pen test and I didn't say red team because <laughs> that was not what I was doing. Uh, but vulnerability assessments, um, then yeah, that's, that's cheaper for them to pay for somebody to come in for, you know, a few hours to do something like that and then write up a report than them hiring somebody to, to be doing, you know, uh, a Nessus person full time. I mean, obviously organizations do need that, mm -hmm. but if you're talking about small to medium sized businesses, that might not be something that they're necessarily mature enough to be able to handle. You know, if they only have one person who does IT, <laughs> they aren't necessarily going to go out and hire one other person to do Nessus scans for them. Right. So, uh, I, th I think, you know, trying to find, trying to find what that niche is and then finding, um, you know, what the customer base is that the services that you have would align with, um, is definitely the way to go. And then also figuring out, okay, well, what type of services do you want to offer? Are you trying to do more short-term type of stuff? Are you trying to be like a uh, full-time employees? Right. So, uh, are you trying to be like, Hey, you know, that this organization uh, needs certain skill sets. They don't have those skill sets within, but it's going to be people that would be, you know, doing 40 hours a week for them. Right. So maybe they don't have the expertise, um, to have a sock. Maybe they are need to build out a sock. And, need, yeah. and so they're going to contract that out because they aren't an IT company. They don't know how to go about doing those things or even the right questions to ask. So it might be easier for them to go find a company that will offer sock services to them. Right. So, okay. It's just kind of going through that to, to see, you know, how that aligns with the skill sets that you have as a business and the skill sets that you want to develop and offer as a business. Cool. Yeah. No, cause I mean, you know, and now I've probably only seen this probably work for like some seldom people, but a lot of times people are either trying to get into cyber. And so I was like, well, technically you can freelance so you might not be an expert, but who knows sure. who may hire you, but technically you can get some type of paid experience if somebody, you know, hires you. Um, and then, yeah. like you said, if you want to transition into that, you know, you're a good worker and you want to just do your own thing, you can do the same thing, yeah. especially. I mean, so there, there definitely is like the ability to freelance in 1099, um, uh, you know, as a 1099 contractor for organization. Um, my only thing with that is I think that that's only going to really work out for folks as much if they already have like the resume and experience mm -hmm. to be able to, to to justify that. Um, I think it's a little bit harder in, in some instances, if it's a good organization that you would actually want to work with, 
Uh, you definitely can find other places where, yeah, people will give you a 1099 contract, but it's going to be a shitty place and the rates are going to suck. Right. So that might not be, uh, you know, the, the best environment for somebody to hop into, but uh, everybody has different reasons uh, and different, a different path to get where they need to go. So that might be, you know, worth doing that for six months or whatever on a short term 1099 contract to uh, end up, you know, building up some resume experience. And then you also have some contracting experience and then hopefully you can move on to something better. Yeah, man. That's dope, man. Thanks for the, the insight on that. Hopefully maybe somebody was comf- contemplating yeah. on trying to do that right now. And uh, they just watched yep. this and they're like, oh, okay, great. Oh, so that's how I do that. So maybe I could just try to do this way. And then little by little, like you said, you get enough yeah. good traction, you know, just, you know, go off on your own. And then know now off your own, you actually get the benefits, you know, of actually being an actual business as well. You're probably yeah. expensing everything you do. <laughs> hundred uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so for me, when I started my LLC, I didn't actually get a full-time contract for a little bit over two years, but I wasn't trying to push for that either. I was like, I want to make sure that I get like my accounting in order and I get, you know, business checking accounts, business credit card, uh, get all my paperwork lined up, get my stuff lined up so that I can bid on government contracts, get, uh, you know, a somebody to be a cpa get somebody to be a lawyer get like when you don't have like a rush then you're kind of able to do Mm -hmm. things a little bit more methodically and have not necessarily a checklist but kind of like yeah i know that i need to do these things me right now (laughs) and you feel a little bit more comfortable when it's time to like go and make that next step towards actually going full-time versus like hey i had this idea i'm gonna spin up a company tomorrow (laughs) and Mm. You know, you don't have, I I would say one of the other things is like, you want to, I guess, kind of like going back to what you're talking about, like listening to like the old heads and stuff like that. Same thing applies to starting a business and listening to other people who have had a business, right? There's, there's a lot of uh, knowledge there. And thankfully, thankfully I have, you know, some friends who have done that and shared a lot of information with me that kind of helped me avoid a lot of early pitfalls and let me know like the stuff that I needed to do to get into a place to be successful. Um, which is also one of the other reasons why I, I'm perfectly happy to talk about this type of stuff because, you know, if other people have done it for me, then, you know, I like being able to share a little bit of my experience and hopefully that can at least help some people avoid, you know, doing something that might screw them up starting off, you know, from jump. So, okay. That's dope, man. That's dope. Uh, let's give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> But um, now let's have some fun. Let's let's have some fun. Sure, sure. Oh man, um, this is gonna be called. Maybe I'm gonna start this on on like from now on. It's gonna be called the stop the cap segment. All right. <laughs> so we see so much on on that that the funny thing, you know. Now they're gonna start calling it um Elon Musk Twitter. Uh, we see a lot of. Sure. A lot of funny yeah, stuff yeah. on there, man. Um, I don't know. I think I think one of the reasons, like I said, I stepped I stepped away from really being on there is because I just started seeing a whole bunch of stupid stuff on my timeline regarding sure. people yeah, yeah. that don't even have the experience trying to tell people things, and I was like, you know, that's not true. And 
Yeah. And for me, you know, it's never really, most of the time, it's not out of just trying to argue with you. It's just trying to like have you be accountable for what you're saying because you this mm-hmm. has turned into like, I'm trying to see like, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of parallels of people telling people to get in the tech as if they're trying to be in the MLM. Like MLM, you make sure. a lot of lofty yeah, promises. Yeah. Now people are making people promises within like three months or whatever. And yeah. it's not that easy yeah. unless you have some type of relationships with some of these organizations or, or something like that. It's just not that easy. And I'm just a person like, hey, okay, you say you could do this? Well, prove it. You know, I always go back to the... Um, yeah. The, the woman that was talking about the the scrum, uh, the scrum thing and it uh, passed over my what was it? What did it pass up on? I think it showed up on my TL sometime last week. Let me see if I can find like a, a picture or something. What, what was she talking about? That if you get you get scrum certified, you're gonna make oh you could be scrum certified in like a, what what is it like? Three months or something like that. Let me see where it's at. This okay. I'm looking at my work phone because I think I uh I think I've had it on here. Let's see. Hey, is that on here? It must be on my it must be on my personal. But um yeah, her and I, I remember at night they saw the whole Twitter space about that one day because I was just like well, I went to your site, I don't see any testimonials, I don't see any reviews, I don't know the price. Like how, because, you know, some people, you know, people that are new are kind of might be scared to ask that or whatever, you know, but then that, Hey, people, it's your money. Don't even be afraid to ask me about, Hey, where are my reviews? I had one time I had a, um, I have to stop saying girl. Uh, I had a woman, she said, Hey, what's your success rate? And I like that question. I didn't get mad at it. And I, you know, I told her, Hey, most of the people that I help at least, you know, do X, Y, Z. It's just a very straightforward, Mm -hmm. you know, question. Some people want to get mad at it, but I'm like, Hey, you know, you're paying people yeah. some money here. Uh, and yeah. no, I mean, most people that's in the industry know, like, you can't be, you know, getting the scrum that fast. Now, unless you're like a, a very good liar and you're just a superb interviewer and you're <laughs> really good at learning on the job, go for it. But that don't, that don't work for everybody. Sure. And you know from yourself. Well, and it also depends on, like, what, what other skill sets you're coming with, right? I mean, that's that's the other thing, too, like, yeah, if you already had project management experience, but just not in tech, right? And then you transition into, into something like that, then yeah, that's obviously you're going to be able to fast track that. That's like me taking, you know, these entry level cloud certs mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, I passed it in a week. Well, of, of course I passed it in a week. I have, you know, 18 years of, of IT experience. Right. So I understand the fundamentals of IT. At that point, it's just learning different terminology. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not turning around and being like, Hey, I can make sure that you random person who's never done anything in tech, I can make sure you can pass this in a week. And, uh, if you pay me $500, I'll make sure, you know, you're good to go. Right. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. And it's crazy in in a lot of ways, a lot of, uh, I don't know, ideas, unrealistic ideas of things. I mean, anybody who's been in tech, for a long period of time and maybe not even a long period of time, but like more than five years, mm-hmm. right. Knows the amount of work that it goes to not only getting in, but then also maintaining, right. Because right. stuff changes constantly. It's not like you get in, you get six figures and then you're just good the rest of your life. Like yeah. 
Stuff is always changing. There's always going to be other people who are learning about things that you don't know about. Um, so you kind of just got to stay, you know, on top of things right. if you want to be successful over, over the long run. And, and if you have the personality for that, and you like learning things and you're kind of inquisitive and stuff like that, then that perfectly aligns. And that's not necessarily like a, a, too hard of a challenge. You still got to do the work, but it's not like overwhelming. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's funny, the stuff that comes across the timeline. Right. And then I was going to touch what you said. You said maintain, not only maintain, but go past maintain to, you know, excel. It's like, right. I know people that's yeah, been exactly. maintaining the same type of jobs for a while, but, you know, they can't excel because they yeah. didn't put in the work. Like, it's only a handful of us is going to tell you, yeah. like, okay, you know, like, even for me, like, right now, technically, I have to do hybrid in the office three days a week. And on certain days, yeah. you know, I have to muster if I'm either going, whether I'm working on this or it's something I want to study on my own, that time I take away sure. from family or going to sleep to put in the work to stay ahead of the game. And a lot right. of people yeah. aren't, you know, really thinking about that when they talk about getting into tech. They're just, like I said, just sitting like it's super easy. I'm like, on certain roles it is. And I don't want to get into, you know, non-tech, technical, because even in non-tech things, they have things they need to sure. learn. New softwares that are coming in that the yeah. non-technical people need to be aware of or different policies and frameworks that are coming out they need to read up on. So it's really all mm-hmm. the same thing. You have to be dedicated to learning and no i think i made a video because we always see this conversation about do you have to love tech or whatever do you have to love it no mm. but it'd be in your best interest to be i don't even say passionate i say it mean your best interest to actually be interested in it and not just sure. trying to do it because it's going to get you paid money because eventually after you made whatever money you try to make you know what keeps you going and if you didn't right. get some yeah. good deal at some type of startup where you got like all oh, this equity, what are you going to do for right. all those years? And so it's hard to keep on doing something you don't right. like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting conversation when that happens, like the whole, the whole passion in tech thing. And then that becomes gatekeeping, um, which I agree. Like, yeah, you don't need passion to be in, but if you have passion about it and like you said, or interest, and continued interest, you're going to be a lot more successful and you're going to have a lot better working relationships with people because people are going to want to work with you if like, you know, your shit. Right. And I just, I just find it hard to think that somebody is really going to be as skilled if they aren't putting in the extra work that it takes to stay up on things. Um, now, hopefully the best case scenario is in your job, and the way that it is, that environment actually allows you to learn within that role, right? So if, if they're constantly deploying new things and they're constantly sending you to training mm-hmm. and you're doing all that type of stuff, that kind of makes it a little bit easier as far as you don't necessarily need to do that outside of the office. And so there's definitely a lot of value in like being able to identify that when you're looking for a role or position with a company. Um, Speaking of... I, but that's not always... Okay. No, I was going to say, speaking of, that was something I actually asked in an interview uh, earlier today. Um, it's yeah. towards the end, and we kind of ran over time because it was such a... Actually, you know what? Uh, textual talk exclusive. We will briefly talk about this. I probably spent five minutes on it just to wrap it up. But um, I had an interview with another like uh, fintech company because currently I'm in fintech. Yep. And it wasn't really an interview. It was just a conversation. 
I mean, they asked me some things, but I've realized that when you get to the certain levels of experience, they may grill you, but it depends on what you're going to do. But for the most part, it was all conversational. We were talking about everything from, they asked me some questions that I haven't been asked before, which let me know that, you know, these, this is like a a good culture fit for us. Uh, They asked me about Mm -hmm. what do I like to do, you know, outside of work. Like I've been actually in a way that when we talked about it, it was different. Like uh, when I brought up like doing this podcast and YouTube and all that stuff. And he was like, yeah, I used to have a podcast. And, was, and then we were just talking about video editing. Then mm. we got to talking about like video games. He brought up Zelda. I was telling him how like my mom, I first saw my mom playing Zelda when I was like three or four. So, you know, <laughs> we had like a very good, you know, interesting interview. And um, towards the end, I asked, like, you know, how do you, like, work for the company? And I could already tell they enjoyed it just from my interview. Yeah. And because I've been on some interviews with people that are grouchy. That's how I know I don't like it yeah. as much. Yeah. And I also said, you know, how you guys handle training. Like, you know, do you guys yeah. pay for CERS? Do you send it to training, reimbursement? And they say, yeah, we mm-hmm. do all that. Because, I mean, that's big. Yeah. You know, you want to go to a certain conference. Instead of coming out of your pocket, right? it comes out of theirs. And you get to eat on the company card. <laughs> exactly. So when I was working for that that tier one ISP, I think I went to Black Hat five or six years in a row. So and so it was a conference, training class, training and food. Each of those trips was about ten grand. So, and I mean, I'm trying to I, make it back to Splunk Comp now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it it just uh, I don't know when you find a company like that that's willing to do that. The other thing that people should like realize, um, especially kind of like more so on the engineering and operation side of things is when you are buying hardware or software from companies, a lot of times they'll throw in free training. Mm-hmm. All you just got to do is ask. So if you kind of get on the same page with whoever your project manager is, who's ordering these things, you can pretty much get free training for people on your team or your organization, as long as you're just aware that that's a thing and you should ask for it. And that's a, that's a great way to get a whole bunch of free training. Uh, sometimes it will be, you have to travel a lot of times, depending upon like how big the purchase is, uh, different vendors will actually send trainers right to your, your company. Right. So if you got a conference room or something like that, they might do a two or three day training. And I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, if you didn't have the opportunity to pick up that information someplace else, it's free. You're getting paid for your time to go to the training. Like, I don't know. That's a win-win. Yeah, and definitely also uh, to see if the company is a partner with them. Yeah. Now, if they're partners, yeah, that's, I mean, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, we got like free passes and everything to go to Splunk. So we didn't have to pay to attend the conference. Sure. We yeah. just have to yeah. pay to stay in the hotel. Well, not me, but the company. Sure. And yeah. food was free. They pay for the flights. So it's a lot of things that, you know, sometimes people don't tell kind of employees to look into because like you said that's big they say you know boom we're talking about right now always we're talking about people like leveling up where they're doing help desk or customer service or whatever you know they can find out oh okay we use these different products let me try to network with somebody and see if do they have free training for employees of whatever a company is so now they just got access to we're going to say something as simple as our service now now they've got right. free service now training. And now all of a sudden they have, I don't know the different certifications in service now, but now they have a specialty 
they've already been doing ticking and stuff with it, but now they know how to do this part of it. Now they just, you know, mm-hmm. niche their way into moving out of help desk or whatever. And all for yeah. free. So that's why it could benefit, you know, a lot of people are opposed to taking the lower level roles, not knowing that, you know, sometimes you got to take that type of step to take a huge one. Sure. Well, and I, I think there's also like a lot of, I don't know, people look down on the lower level roles the same way they look down on community college. Yeah. Which is stupid. You know, it, it's, it's kind of dumb from the perspective of uh, service desk also could be a whole bunch of different types of technology, right? So depending upon the organization, the tools that they have, the services that are provided, like you could be on service desk and actually be working on like VPN stuff. You could be on service desk and you could be working on network stuff. You could be on service desk and it could be tied back to some other type of cybersecurity tools, depending Mm -hmm. upon what type of SOC they have, right? So to just like outright be like, no, I don't want to work service desk without actually looking into like the specifics of what that means for organization. You're kind of, I don't know, cutting yourself off from a, a lot of opportunities. And another thing that is really, I've seen this work like everywhere I've been, uh, the people in the service desk that really do a, a great job, a lot of them will normally reach out to other teams and organizations in that organization. Um, and find out, you know, how they can help them with whatever it mm-hmm. is that they need help with that correlates back to the service desk. And then when it comes time for those teams looking for junior level people to bring in there, uh, you know, you're able to go from a service desk person to a network admin mm-hmm. because you've already been helping the network engineering team the past six months on, you know, port activations and things like that. Yeah. Right? And you know, and out so, of processes, you help write the documentation. Exactly. Yep. And so that's a, that's a super easy way to transition from one role in an organization to another. Um, and I've seen it happen all the time and it's just, you know, you don't want to sleep on the potential, uh, blessings of cross team pollination that you have within an organization, right? Like it's that path is there. Yeah. So, but you have to seek it out. If no, nobody's going to necessarily hold your hand to look for those types of opportunities. Um, so it's just kind of like seeing how you can improve the team that you're on and how that might make things easier for the other teams that interact with it. Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, just to get off of Twitter, cause we can spend all day on, you know, that <laughs> foolishness for sure. Um, let's talk briefly, talk about YouTube, man. Uh, when did you start cyber yeah. insight? Oh, uh, maybe two years ago. Okay. Cause I think I want to say yeah. all of us really kind of started around maybe around the same time, if not one right before the other. And I mean, it was all, it was all pandemic based yeah. for sure. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm from home. What, what can I do that kind of will keep me a little bit busy? Um, and yeah, just kind of grew from that. I really didn't know what I was going to do first. Like I started doing kind of like the same thing that you're doing as far as like the interviews mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I kind of got tired of editing Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, I, I don't know. Then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just start focusing on like entry level knowledge, like so certifications and labs and stuff like that. And I don't know, people seem to respond to that pretty good. So it's kind of like having a, a study buddy as far as, you know, going over different types of topics and stuff like that. Um, 
definitely we were kind of talking about this before i like to try to do many more live streams than actually just a, the editing of of the regular videos just because it's such a a time suck when it comes to that um but you know i'll probably one out of every five videos or so i'll do like one where i actually do some serious editing to it definitely but uh it's gonna be me pretty soon it, there's also kind of like the, the learning aspect behind it as far as like understanding youtube and the algorithm and like seo and all that type of stuff which is i don't know i find that to be kind of interesting it is um, it i don't is. know that i've necessarily mastered it yet but it's man i, don't know. I think you did I man it's, it's you're probably cool. like let me see man i know for a fact you're probably close to ten thousand subs right now if not already there i'm i'm close i'm close almost there see man and that's the thing i've been so busy i haven't had a chance to um make a little bit more helpful content but i will yeah you're super close dude you're like yeah i'm right i'm I'm right there but here's the thing like it's so sporadic as far as like what will bring in a whole bunch of like new subscribers and stuff like that like it it could be something like i make a mundane post on twitter about something and enough people will like it and then next thing you know you got like 50 new subscribers and you're just kind of like that that tweet wasn't even like that great <laughs> so I don't, I don't know right kind of funny no nah, you're doing you're killing out. it man and like the the you know the topics that you're doing like i plan to do this uh because i haven't seen a lot of content on it but um since i've seen like you do like a lot of try hack me stuff like that like i try not to yeah. i may jump in there I, I i plan to maybe probably look into like range force but i also plan to probably yeah, yeah. read review some stuff in cyber like i did some of their labs okay um yeah. i need to like kind of read fine print on that see if i'm able to record while doing it just kind of show people what it is because a lot of people want to probably do uh, some of these I things but I, like you know, you're still what there do i get out of it um you know as far as using it uh, and maybe i just throw it up there and and, and see I if this sticks signal? Down, take it down and i'll just leave it up there <laughs> no i i hear i hear you now drop for a second yeah i don't Can know what me? happened yeah, yeah yeah i hear you oh, okay yeah yeah. So you were talking about doing some stuff, uh, some like reviews on Cyberary? Yeah, just uh, they have some different things on there. They have some some great learning paths on there, super long, but uh, yeah. it, it is beneficial. Like they got like become a SOC analyst level one, level two, and level three in there. Then they got some with okay. pen testing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm not doing that at work, I'll just go in there and I'll do like some of their labs. So I think like I did like a forensics lab the other day where I was in Linux and uh, yeah, you should definitely files. check out some of the the uh, the blue team stuff on on try hack me as well. I mean, they got so many rooms there. It's yeah, I think I don't I know. Think I, I there, think there's gonna... enough stuff there for tons of people to just be doing <laughs> doing walkthroughs on there. Uh, you know, it's great. I think it's probably one of the better learning platforms that I've seen, just because of like the ability to like cover the 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 i don't know the functional information and then have like a lab that you can actually do this stuff mm -hmm. right there and for the price i mean i think it's only what is it maybe 200 bucks i think you get it for like 200 bucks when they have a, a promo on that for the year which yeah I don't, I don't know how you can you really beat that nice man nice um and i was gonna ask you something else funny about uh youtube is uh I think, like, I honestly don't. Are you... Oh, go ahead. No, was I breaking up or something? No, no, no. You're, you're good. Oh, okay. Uh, 
what I was going to ask you. I think it had to do with like uh, I know you already bring up the live stream. So you see that being like beneficial, like for your watch time and your watch hours, like just a lot of the live streams you do. Yeah, I mean, so uh, it really depends on the on the topic, um, obviously. Uh, but I don't know. Like I think like a good live stream, I'll get. I don't know, 70 views from it, something like that. Um, and then definitely as far as like the try hack me one, some of their main rooms, those will be videos that have like the most views. Yeah. So, I like, saw that I when I went my, to your most popular uploads. Yeah. So like burp suite is definitely, definitely one that's super popular. And some of the other like uh, foundational, um, foundational ones that are like in the pen test plus learning path. Um, I don't know. It's kind of funny to me because like, I am by no means a burp suite expert. Like, uh, you know, I just did the room. Like I, I don't, I don't use it at work or anything like that. I've messed around with it in a lab. I've taken like a Cali class or two, but I don't know. Then my, my networking stuff, which is like my, my bread and butter. That's like, sometimes depending on the topic, it's hard to get much engagement with that, but I don't know. Lately I've been doing, um, uh, like some CCMP labs. Mm -hmm. Um, which has kind of been more enjoyable for me. So like I'll do uh, before and after configs. So I use uh, Cisco CML, which is their like virtualized lab that just runs on a, a VM. And I can spin up whatever type of architecture I want. I do before and after configs. I do a diagram. I throw that all up on GitHub and then kind of like walk through a whole bunch of different tasks within that environment. So uh, that's to me, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get like more engagement on that from, from folks, but, uh, yeah. you know, even if I don't, it's still, it's still cool. I, I like it. Yeah. I think it probably just depends on like analytics and seeing like when all your people are mostly on. That's why I try to, a lot of times I drop my premieres like early in the morning because around the time they get on, they should see it. And like you say, it really yeah. just depends on the content and, you know, if they really liking it, but I really don't even, I don't really worry about it too much. I was like, you know, if I know the content yeah. is good and other people know it's good, Whenever sure. the yeah. algorithm algorithms, uh, people start catching that, and that's what it, they they at, typically do at some point. Yeah, they typically. Well, so I had I, I did a uh, AWS networking video like a week ago, and somehow that ended up like getting on a whole bunch of people's um, like homepage. So just like looking at the analytics, I could see like what was mm -hmm. happening, and so for like the process in or in the time period of like a day. Like that got like 2,200 views. Right. So like in a 24 hour period, I mean, for, for my content, that's great. I was like, man, yeah. I, I don't know how that happens. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I guess I got to do more AWS stuff, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I know for me, like, I think they want me to do some more Splunk stuff and other crap, which, yeah. which I'll get into. And I think the last thing I'm probably going to ask you, like, or YouTube, like, have you got any, like, any crazy, like, or funny, like, comments or whatever on YouTube? Uh... Yeah, I got, let's see, some comments talking about how I, I look like um, certain porn stars. So that was, <laughs> that was funny. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. I, I don't know. A lot of questions asking for dumps. So like cert dumps that I'm just like, <laughs> I know. Directly to the happening. people on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I should hook them up because they I get all those LinkedIn messages too. Um yeah, I would say those are pretty much the 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 weirdest or funniest ones. Um, 
not too much. I mean, every once in a while, some good, you know, engagement in the comments and stuff like that, but nothing too, uh, nothing too over the top. Nobody cursing you out or right. anything like that. So, yeah. The funny thing for me is like, I, um, if people like your content, they'll actually defend you like in the comments. Uh, it's, it's funny. I think, yeah. uh, I had somebody say something silly one time in one of like my bigger videos. Like to this day, yeah. the video keeps like growing and growing. It's my day in the life video that that I did. And um, yeah, I actually just I watched that today. Yeah, man, you should do one. Like people love them. Even my day in yeah. the life short, the short video I did, and day in life in the yeah. office. That's did like one point five k views. Just and it's just a short. Uh, yeah, people love it because they want to see what people are doing to see if that's what they want to do, but. I mean, it, it, literally, you're just going to be like, yep, click on stuff. And I love the fact, you know, you have to hide your screen. So it's like they can't even see what you're doing. Right. <laughs> right. You're just like, yeah, I'm I'm working on triaging some stuff now. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. I think the next one, coming in. I think the yep. next one I plan to make it be a little bit more like, oh, I might get up and wash my face and brush my teeth or some stuff. And then, <laughs> and then I might just do more of a voiceover next time than typing. Uh, sure. That might keep the... Uh, well, Order some DoorDash, go pick that up from outside. You know what? You know. Honestly, I thought about doing it like it's a day that I go work out. So it's like I wake up like at five okay, and yeah. then, oh, boom, I'm at the sure. gym. You know, I'm getting, it's a good day. I'm getting yeah. in on bench press or something like that. <laughs> and right, then yeah, come back no, to home. Good. Yeah. Man. yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, man, I, I think that was, I think that was pretty much it, man. I, I, I have some things in, in the wraps for um, trying to probably, do this again with like other people where we get on live and kind of just you know have yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, let me actually turn this. That might be still. Uh... But uh, I appreciate you for stopping by. I know the guests will, and they'll probably be trying to reach out to you. And be like, hey, oh, look, are you guys hiring? <laughs> nope, I think it froze. There you go. I hear, I hear okay. you again. It froze for a second. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying, I bet they probably uh, asking, Hey, is he hiring any interns or anything like that? Oh, uh, so not right at the second working on some potential new contracts. Uh, that might be a little bit more fall time end of the year. We'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully, uh, at the moment it's just myself and I have a couple uh, part-time 1099s to help with some stuff. So dope, man. Um, so now go ahead. Oh, no, no, but definitely, definitely looking to grow, um, you know, it's just fi finding the right opportunities. And then as, as a business owner, it's, it's challenging to balance, uh, the growing the company, but also at the same time, when like, you're the primary person providing the consulting and the services, like trying to find what, what that balance is, um, definitely, uh, you know, is a challenge. Definitely, man. Definitely. And um, like I said, all this information will be in the description. So feel free to uh, connect with him. He will respond on Twitter, and LinkedIn, YouTube. Yeah, sure. Please go check his channel out, especially if you want to learn about networking. Uh, he's one of the few that actually is putting on some, I can't say one of the few, but one of the people I watch uh, when I do get a chance of not being a dad and it. freaking busy. <laughs> uh, he does some, some <laughs> great content. So uh, check him out. Um, you guys know where to find me. Uh, appreciate everybody. And um, also, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a review. Five stars and um, tell us what you like. And if you don't like anything, don't tell us at all. Just playing. Hey, do whatever you can. And, you know, I want to approve every time I shoot. I appreciate everybody for rocking with me. You um, know, like I always say, let's stay touch.